This is the Blood Red podcast from the Liverpool Echo, giving you the inside track on all the big talking points from Anfield. Hello, my name is Paul Wheelock and welcome to the post-game podcast to reflect on a famous Merseyside derby win for Liverpool over Everton and Anfield. Divock Origi, the unlikeliest of heroes, headed home in the 96th minute to earn the Reds a 1-0 victory that extended their unbeaten record at home to their biggest rivals to 19 matches and more importantly moved them back within two points of leaders Manchester City in the Premier League table. So to reflect on what turned into an incredible afternoon of drama, we will be hearing from our Liverpool FC correspondent James Pearce. You will then hear the full audio from Reds boss Jurgen Klopp's press conference and then we hand the podcast over to eight ecstatic Liverpool fans who have phoned into this show. Matt Whitty, Ross Strachan, Alex Watts, Matt Addison, Sam Planch, Owen Thomas, Mark Baker and Peter Lally. Enjoy. The Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. Well, the 232nd Merseyside derby will be remembered for many, many years to come. Anfield folklore has got a new chapter after a dramatic finale here this afternoon. Liverpool beating their neighbours Everton 1-0 thanks to a 96th minute winner from Divock Origi. Uh, one of the, the most crazy winning goals I think you'll ever see to win any game. Um, and I think most people inside Anfield by that point had, had, had pretty much given up in terms of thinking that breakthrough would ever arrive it looked like Liverpool were going to pay the price for, for not being clinical enough in the final third but uh, one last throw of the dice it was Alisson in fact who raced, raced forward to, to play a free kick short to Trent Alexander-Arnold who launched it into the penalty box and uh, when Virgil van Dijk volleyed the ball goalwards and it kind of uh, looped up in the air you know he, he turned his back as if to you know think no, that's, well that's it it's gone but Jordan Pickford uh, inexplicably made an absolute hash of it um, rather than knocking it over for a corner or catching it he's ended up just uh, flapping and tipping it onto the, the bar and it's uh, bounced back into the path of Divock Origi who pounced and gleefully accepted the gift and you know what a what a sensational moment for the Belgium international he's had a really rough few years really you know fitting in a way that um, he has this moment against Everton because uh, Two and a half years ago in the game here when he was in his prime in outstanding form at the time and he was chopped down, suffered a horrible injury from that X-rated challenge by uh, Funes Mori who got sent off for it. And he's never really been the same player since, of course. You know, he spent last season at Wolfsburg. So far this season, had only played 11 minutes of football. I think that was against Red Star Belgrade. Um, you know, so it was really was a, a final throw of the dice from Klopp sticking him on for Firmino for the last six minutes. But you've got to take your hat off to Origi because... Uh, you know, he was he was positive. He was direct. He ran with the ball. You know, he actually he missed a sitter a few minutes before he scored when uh, he somehow managed to hook Van Dijk's header against the bar from a couple of yards out. But he kept going, and he was in the right place at the right time to uh, spark scenes of you know absolute delirium here. Um, you know, you know you've witnessed something special when the manager is 40 yards on the pitch, uh, hugging his goalkeeper. Um, I think Klopp you know could have completely lost. Lost all of his senses, he'll probably get charged. I'd imagine by uh, you know you're probably going to end up getting hit in the pocket. But whatever the fine is, it'll be worth every penny because uh, if you could bottle moments like that, you'd be a a very very rich man. Because there were amazing scenes here. Um, Obviously, Origi was absolutely engulfed by his teammates. Even Pep Linders, who's usually very reserved on the uh, in the dugout area, he was uh, he was charging down the, the touchline as well because it's not just about local pride. Of course, that matters. 
You know, that's now 18 Merseyside derbies unbeaten for Liverpool. Everton's wait for a, a first win here this century continues as well. But um, yeah, there was a lot more than pride at stake. Massive, massive win for Liverpool in the context of keeping pace with Manchester City. Um, with City winning yesterday, Liverpool couldn't afford to slip up. There's so little margin for error. And, you know, that would have, you know, Man City would have been watching that thinking, yes, Everton are doing us a favour here. Two points dropped and then out of nowhere in the dying embers of the game, suddenly Liverpool sees it. And when you win a game like that, uh, especially against your nearest uh, rivals and neighbours, um, there's just no better, better feeling. Um, you know, Liverpool have delivered a number of blows to Everton uh, in the modern era, but uh, few quite as devastating as this one here today because you've got to give Everton credit they played really really well um, you know I'm sure they'll believe they should have got something from the game they'll be left to rue those two massive chances they missed in the first half the one um, I think it was Mina with the header nodding wide and then Gomez who I thought played really well for them Andre Gomez but uh, you know free header six yards out brilliant world-class save from Allison who spread himself and made the block and then Joe Gomez cleared off the line but you know, in truth Gomez should have scored, you know, a yard either side of Allison, and the Liverpool keeper has got no chance. But you know, Liverpool, you know, I'm certainly second half. Liverpool were much the better team, created the clearer chances. Um, sometimes the final ball was lacking. The set pieces weren't great today. Um, you know, I think some of the substitutions were. You know, certainly I thought it was a strange decision to to take off Salah. Uh, Firmino struggled today. I thought he was fortunate to stay on as long as he did. Um, but you know, uh, Klopp gambled by putting on Origi and that one that one certainly paid off because uh, the most unlikely of Derby heroes for Liverpool today and uh, just a, a, an afternoon that, that I think everyone here will never forget because uh, Derby wins are always savoured but um, th this one and the manner, manner in which it was achieved um, just make it all the sweeter. The Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. Any takers for the first question, David? You're trying to sum up your emotions and, and also then when you, you sort of got a bit carried away and ran off the pitch. Oh, I said it now a few times, I've had a few interviews here, but I uh, still have to make sure. Um, immediately after the game, I apologise to Marco Silva because um, you know, when we spoke to each other and I told him how much I respect his work because it's incredible what he did with that team. Um, they are just an outstanding side. It was a really difficult game today. Derbies are always difficult, but today it was a completely different difficult to the last few years. And um, so, if I, what can I say about it? I didn't want to run. It was not, it was not my plan. Um, I didn't want to run to Ali. Um, I only yeah, couldn't stop, obviously. So, and not cool, but happened. The more important things happened during the 95 minutes. and. Um, Again, all my respect for Everton, really good. Both teams delivered a proper fight, proper derby from the first second. Our high pressure was outstanding. Our um, counter press was really highest level. Football-wise, in a lot of moments, really good. Try to control the game, which is difficult because they, they close the spaces really well. And um, always we could have done a few moments better, but we, we had our moments. They had. Um, was the first chance probably? I'm not sure, but yeah, it was the first chance. Came it was not that they had five, four or five before, but that was really big when um, Ali made an outstanding save and then Joe Gomez made an outstanding save. I don't know how they, these two guys, guys, um, cleared that situation. Um, 
but we had our moments. Sadio was in very good, very good positions to 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 finish off. But both goalkeepers were really there and um, and and had an outstanding performance tonight. So that's why it was open until the last second. Obviously, we had that we had that free kick. We had a formation for second balls, which you, is pretty rare. Um, in a situation like that, when everybody wants to be in the box, wants to be the one who scores, and then um, of course it was a bit lucky, clear. Um, Birds, um, whatever it was, um, in the moment when the ball left the foot, I thought it's over, and then you see that it's backspin, and you see the ball flies direct and cross part, and it was a very unthankful job for for Pickford, huh? and Debuk was there, so very intense game. Very uh, and yeah, obviously, the much nicer finish for us. Chris, I said it to him when I when I sent him on the pitch. Actually, I had it in my mind. We'll never forgot it since then. It's fouls happen, huh? and harsh even harsh tackles happen. But only in his, in his case, it was so obvious that it was a break in his development because he was at that time he was out. Standing. Um, after that, he had needed a long time until he felt absolutely nothing. In the European League final, he was somehow ready, but not completely pain-free. I think there was a tournament in the was there a tournament or not? Yeah, 16 was any it was tournament, so couldn't really um, show up there, and that all changed a little bit. And you lose confidence, and you don't play from here anymore because that time when he when when Div played, he was unbelievable threat, speed. Physically strong. Remember the Dortmund game and stuff like that. So it always was in my mind when you thought about when I thought about Div. It was that night, and coming on tonight, and then now you can finish that book, and from now on, everything will be fine again. Yeah, it was quite intense for the both and the center there with all these offensive. Um, boys around them, but um, they all did a really good job. And Fabinho had a few outstanding one-one situation, which he was completely clear at the end. <laughs> was a bit less clear. Um, that's normal. Um, yes, but really good game. Okay. Yes. We will see what we do, but that's normal. It was such an intense game, eh? and um, if you look at these three, I think Sadio had tonight um, the, the, the standout performance. He was, yes, he had the chances, he didn't use them, but he was um, pretty much not to defend in one-one situations very often. He, he got better from minute by minute, and if you see now, he's sitting in the dressing room and has a cut on his foot like that. So 20 minutes before the end of the game, obviously he got. I don't know how it happened. Um, very painful thing, and we stayed in. So he didn't tell me. Otherwise, maybe we would have changed differently. Probably not. And that's all. We have to. We, we will see how we line up in the next. Uh, we only have to think about Burnley, not about Bournemouth or Naples or or um, United or who's after United? Wolves. The Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. Hi, it's Matt Whitty, Cup season ticket holder, uh, reflecting on Liverpool's dramatic 1-0 victory in the derby this evening with that late, late winner from Origi that sent uh, sent, uh, sent the stadium absolutely wild with their uh, limbs limbs everywhere, just as uh, just as it looked like it was heading for uh, 
uh, a disappointing, a disappointing draw. So it was just a, a fantastic, a fantastic moment, and uh, yeah, that lived long in the memory. And it's good, um, great for Divock Origi as well, who's uh, who's sort of never really recovered from his. Uh, his injury from Funes Mori really in the uh, in the in the derby a few years ago it sort of really put his career back a bit. So a great great moment for him for him personally. Uh, the game as a whole uh, it was it was a strange one really because I thought uh, Everton generally looked pretty comfortable. Uh, I thought they won the midfield battle really. Um, they were able to win the first ball and the second ball and the third ball sometimes. Uh, they were able to play out from the back uh, and beat our press uh, pretty pretty comfortably really. And uh, and then when we we tried to do the same, uh, particularly in the second half, we uh, we really struggled to sort of uh, to, to to play through them really. Um, having said that, we did uh, we did create a number of chances. Uh, so in the first half, Mane had uh, had a snatched at a chance somewhat and uh, put it over down at the uh, Anfield Road end. And likewise, Shakiri had a great chance, and it looked like he was trying to sort of shuffle it onto his left foot and was unsure about taking it on his right. And Pickford made a made a good save. Uh, likewise, down at our end, we were uh, indebted again to Alison Becker, who had a fantastic game uh, with a couple of brilliant uh, close-range saves. Uh, one in particular that rolled across the goal line afterwards, and there were a few hearts stopped uh, when uh, when that happened. But uh, thankfully, uh, went uh, went our way on on that occasion. But I thought he did really well. Um, it was good to see Shakiri get a start and uh, and Fabinho and. It was sort of a, a bit of a bit of a patchy performance, I thought, from Fabinho. There were there, there were periods in the game where he was cutting things out um, and sort of putting us on the front foot, um, and then there were other times where there were just big gaps in midfield, and you're looking round to see where he was. And then we, it was certainly in the second half, uh, Firmino was having to drop pretty deep uh, to cover, and sometimes picking the ball up around the the fullback uh, position and from the defensive line. And with the ball playing centre backs that we've got and the, the passing ability in midfield. Um, it's really blunting our attack if we've got uh, Firmino dropping dropping that deep. So uh, yeah, great uh, great result, uh, modest performance, and uh, yeah, who who doesn't love a last minute winner when the other team's been time wasting? Up the Reds. Dross from Witness with his thoughts on the Liverpool v Everton game, and the only place I can start is the 96 minute unbelievable scenes scoring. What can only be described as an absolute gift from Jordan Pickford. Can't quite believe what I've just witnessed. And for all the players to be involved, Origi, the forgotten man, to to pop up with that goal. It's quite unbelievable, really. You, You wouldn't have written this before the start. And not just me, but I'm sure many Liverpool fans, when you see him coming on, you think, oh, God, Origi, what's going on? And he pops up with something like that. I mean, you can't, I can't, I'm still, I'm still in shock. I'm still in shock of what I've witnessed. But Origi, he, he, he was brilliant when he came on, wasn't he? he the little bit of a pace he, he'd done down the right and skinned the, skinned the full-back. The, he, should have, he should have scored in all five minutes before he did, ten minutes before he did with that one minute at the bar. And then, you know, you can, the gift. It's an absolute gift from Pickford. He's going to be absolutely devastated, traumatised by that. But it's absolutely joyful scenes for Liverpool. And, you know, you see what it what it means. You see Klopp on the pitch, you know, and running up to Alisson because, it's, to be fair, it was the little bit of invention from Alisson off that free kick what made the little bit, bit of space. Just to run up and just to give him, just to give him the angle off the, off the, on the ball in, then it was an awful attempt. By Van Dijk looping, and it's game. It should be game over. To catch the ball, it's game over. And Pickford, it's 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 indefensible what he's done. Just knocking the ball back into play. 
and Origi's there, the forgotten man, and we've, we've nicked it 1 0 in the 96th minute. And the, the thing what makes it even more joyful is there was only actually four minutes of stoppage time, and it was it was down to Everton that we were played so deep into it because they they were the ones time wasting. There was a lot of time wasting in the last couple of minutes, particularly right at the end. Uh, there was a good couple of minutes where a couple of their men were down. So if they'd have played a little bit clever, it wouldn't have even been in that position. So that makes it even more sweeter. To get the to get the victory like that, it's a massive victory to keep the momentum going, to keep the pressure on City. Because otherwise, we're four points behind them then, and then it's 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 almost a mountain to climb. So you've just got to keep it going. But I don't even know if I can do analysis on the game. It was that much of a a way to win it. My head's all over the place. But you know, you've got to get what I, what I, what I can pull together is I think Everton. It was one of the best of Everton performances I've seen in a long time. Got some cracking players there, Everton. They've got to think themselves very, very unfortunate to lose the game in the manner they did. But first half, they could have scored a couple. Um, Mane could have scored a couple. You know, Mane's missed a couple of chances. They did miss a chance in the second half. We've we've missed chances. They've missed chances. But they, that was there was a really bright performance from Everton, and they've got a couple of really good players there. Um, that Andre Gomez in the centre of the midfield it looks like a class act I thought he really, he really ran the game for them and you can see how much of a handful that Richarlison is bit of, got a bit of feistiness about him as well very good player got a good side, pains me to say it. they've got a good side and we've done well to get the win in the end because we weren't, we weren't brilliant again you know, first half it was a really good game. The, there was the, the zip, the pace. We were pressing well, and we did nick the ball off them quite a lot. It was almost like we were pressing a little bit more. You know, second half did die off a bit, but I've almost I've, I've almost forgot what's happened in the game because I'm I'm not a, that pumped up after the win. So, as I said, the Rigi, the forgotten man. I, there's not really much else to say. We've just got to. That's, we've just got to take this momentum now. Take this momentum into the upcoming games, particularly the Napoli game coming up. Let's take this momentum. Everyone's chipping in now. Let's just keep it going. Absolutely incredible scenes. Klopp, incredible. I don't know what he's doing on the pitch, but you know, I love seeing it. It's going to wind Everton fans up even more. But, you know, brilliant. Just keep it going, boys. Brilliant. Hello, Alex Watt from Did It Cross The Line podcast, and what a win that was. I mean, my God, we got away with one. I mean, I probably brought it on myself last time by joking that this would be an easy win for us against Everton, but it really looked like we were only going to come away with a point. And then up pops Origi, uh, Liverpool hero Divock Origi. Who would have seen that coming? Uh, what a moment, what a finish to the game. I mean, we love a late goal against Everton, and this was one of the best we've had. I mean, an error from Jordan Pickford after he claimed he'd never make blunders like Allison, which was a little bit funny, <laughs> I have to say. Uh, Klopp on the pitch celebrating was amazing. I think a ban might be coming his way, but it was totally worth it. That's obviously a massive win for us in every context. Obviously, we want to win the Merseyside derby, but we've kept pace with Man City as well. That's going to be a killer to them. Um Unless it's no coincidence that Klopp went to celebrate with Alisson, I don't think. He was great today. Uh, he kept us in it a few times, obviously. 
most notably when him and Gomez cleared it off the line from, I think it was Andre Gomez in the first half. And yeah, crazy finish. It really felt like it wasn't going to be our day today. Uh, Salah and Mane both missed big chances. And even though we played well, we were probably the better team overall. Obviously had, particularly in the second half, most of the ball. It just felt like it wasn't going to happen for us today. And then for it to end like that, it just feels massive, you know. There were a lot of positives today, Fabinho and midfield especially, but there were there were negatives too, you know. I feel like Firmino and Shakiri both looked uncomfortable in the positions they were playing. They'd probably be better served by Klopp rejigging their positions a bit, but, you know, that's probably analysis for another day. For now, we've got to enjoy the three points because it was, yeah, unbelievable finish and kick on because we've got another game on Wednesday, so take this feeling into that and get another three points cheers hello it's matt addison after liverpool have won one nil against everton divok origi's first anfield goal in 17 months proved to be the difference he was certainly an unlikely hero on the day up until that point liverpool had generally been quite awful to be honest with you lots of slow passing and not much movement i thought the front four were quite poor but at the end of the day merseyside is red once again Three points was exactly what Liverpool needed, and three points was exactly what they got. Divock Origi came on, and to be honest, there was quite a few moans and groans around Anfield when people worked out that it was him coming on. I thought Roberto Firmino didn't have a great game, and it was understandable that he came off. Um, But Divock Origi, as I said before, the unlikeliest of heroes. He actually should have been on the score sheet just before that, but somehow managed to hit the crossbar from two yards out. Uh, I've actually, I've just come in from the match, so I've not seen a replay of the goal, but I don't know what Jordan Pickford was doing. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Liverpool won, and that's the main thing. In terms of talking points, I thought uh, Fabinho was excellent. I was quite surprised at the start that uh, the, the the Brazilian midfielder started ahead of James Milner, given that Jordan Henderson was absent. Uh, but to be fair to him, he put in a, a really superb performance. He settled straight into the Merseyside derby atmosphere. I thought his tackles were brilliant. All of his passes were incisive. They were forward. Um, and certainly of the midfield two, Fabinho was better than Gini Wijnaldum. Um, by half-time, I think it could have been 2-2. I'm not quite sure how Shakiri didn't score. Um, Everton had a couple of chances as well. I thought Joe Gomez was excellent. Uh, Allison just about scraped one off the line at the cop end. Um, you know, in terms of the negatives, I think set pieces weren't great. Generally, we were quite slow in the build-up. We didn't have much width. I thought Shakiri, that was not a great game for him. Uh, he didn't seem to get on the ball much. Um, but you know, Salah and, and Mane are the same, and you'd expect a little bit more from them. Uh, But at the end of the day, Liverpool just keep winning. They didn't necessarily deserve to win it. I thought we had a few chances. Everton had a few chances as well. Uh, But come the end of the game, the three points on the board. And what on earth must Manchester City be thinking? They won yesterday. They would have been watching on, hoping that Everton could do them a favour. But no, Liverpool just will not go away. On to Burnley, and then we'll go from there. The Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. The Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. Okay, so we just had a Merseyside derby in Anfield. Um, always tough games these. There are a lot at stake locally, and you know it was a big one, especially after the Paris game the other night, where you know we wasn't happy with the performance or the result. I don't think anyone was. Um, it was massive. 
and Klopp made some changes. Um, and on the you know at the beginning of the game, I didn't I didn't uh, agree with some of them uh, with Fabinho coming in. I just thought that you know he has been a bit slow, um, even though he's he's very good at, uh, at reading the game and getting stuck in and tackles and everything. I did think maybe it wasn't going to be ideal like a fast-paced derby for him. But I'm glad to say I was wrong because I thought he had a great game. Um, he was arguably one of our better players. Um, done some cracking interceptions uh, and break, breaking up play and some great tackles. So so well done to the lad, I think. He will have to move the ball a bit quicker, but that, that could come with time. Um, I was certainly very happy with him. Um, how the game went, I think. You know, I think we started well. We, we were pressing more. Um, we 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 were, we were trying that. Nothing was really coming off. Just a little rub to the green with balls just running out of play when they play forward, or just for example, Salah had two in the box where great position, but he miscontrolled it or or, or miss it, and um, and it went out of play. So you know, we had lots of scenarios in there where the final ball or the last pass, or I thought we were trying to walk the ball in the net quite a lot there, especially in the first half. So. Everton had chances as well. I thought what I did notice is something we mentioned on the I mentioned on the radio on the radio show on Friday morning. Basically, you know, there's no fear from Everton. There's always been a fear with Moyes, and and you know the idea being that there's not many of them players left. This is a new new players, new manager, and that you know they they won't have any fear and, and they might embrace it. Um, and I was wondering, will he embrace it, or you know, or will he buckle under the pressure? And and you know what. It, they give a good game. Um, I thought we they had a few chances. Allison made some cracking saves. Pickford made some good saves as well. And you know it, it could have been two two after time. Even though I think we both had a couple of decent chances, we had a lot more scenarios as well with the final ball, which doesn't count in the stats as shots on target. But second half, I thought we had most of the ball. You know uh, we were trying to dictate the play. And okay, you know. Um, you could say a draw was a fair result, though I think we we intended to win it more. I think the substitutions as well uh, and, and the pressure we were trying to do suggested that, but on a balance of play it would have been. But th- listen, there's nothing better than a last minute winner, certainly not on a derby. Um, I'm not, you know, I was absolutely over the moon and 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 you know jumping up and down like like a big soft kid when we scored. You know, like 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 all the guys were in the cop with me and that. And, and it, you know, it was brilliant to win in the last kick of the game in a derby. You know, you can't beat it. But you know, we've all been there. You know, I, I was at Old Trafford years ago when they scored two in injury time in the cup after we were one nil up. When Michael Owen from a Hegham Cross put us one nil up early on. You know, and it, it breaks your heart. Like, but that's football, and you know, it, it's funny and it's great for Liverpool fans, and it's not for Everton. But I think Everton will take a lot of heart out of it because. You know they've they've certainly played a lot better and they're a better side than what I've seen for years. To be honest, come to Anfield anyway, and I thought Andre Gomez in, in the middle of the park for them uh, had a great game. And I, I mentioned this on 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 the radio on on Friday as well. That you know I've been impressed with him. and We really are going to have to close him down. I thought he dictated the tempo for Everton in there, even though I thought we probably shaded it. But being the away team, Everton, you know, you could say a draw was a fair result. Um, I thought Gomez was Everton's best player by a mile and one of the better players on the pitch. To be fair, um, Manny was was very dangerous. Had a few chances, you know. I think I think it's six games now, is it without a, without a goal for Manny? He could have had two or three today. 
you know, I think one just needs to trickle in for him and then, you know, and and then he'll be all right again. But there was one there in the first half which he smashed right over the bar. Um, you know, and that was a great chance, like so yeah, obviously Salah didn't look didn't look happy coming off. Uh, I didn't agree with the substitution at the time. I thought, why are you bringing him off, even though he hadn't had a great game? I didn't agree with Origi coming on because I thought his days were, were numbered and you know his days are gone. He's had his chance. He's not good enough. But the lad had the right attitude and you know he he, he had a go. Uh, he had a good run down the wing on one of them and he, he, he I think he missed. He should have scored an, an easier chance where he somehow hit the bar from like a yard out. But then he, he got the vital winner, so fair play to the land made up for him. Um, you know, and uh, I think no one would have had would have had his name down for the winner for the Tahabi, you know. So it just shows you. It doesn't matter who wins it, um, who scores the goal, as long as you get the points. And I'm absolutely made up with the points, but there's still a lot to do, uh, especially in the midfield. Again, it, there was a few changes, which fair enough. Did, didn't quite come off today, I don't think, but... You know, we're going to have to strike that balance and I think there might be a few more changes in that midfield till we find it. I still think there's a place for Keita in there. I think he's got to get a run now and it's going to be interesting, but we're not quite final on all cylinders and we're still getting points, so it's a good sign. Listen, absolutely made up, absolutely thrilled um, that we've got the points in the last minute. Um, You know what? It's, it's brilliant, isn't it? Oh, my word. This is Owen from Cop On Podcast. I'm still in shock. I think uh, if I had a cigar, I would be bringing it out right now. And, uh, you know, I hope it would be the longest cigar and I could just sit down, light it and think about what we've just witnessed there. Divock Origi, the last moment almost of the match. I thought we'd fluffed it, you know, there were there were certain things. Divock hit the bar after 87 minutes. Uh, there was a cater who had this chance for a fairy tale. He absolutely scuffed his shot from the outside the area on about 90 minutes. And then, in the last moment, that long ball, that, that scuffed shot, from the edge of the box and then it hit the bar twice. Divock Origi, I was screaming. I was screaming. I was screaming like a lunatic. My neighbours are going to wonder what's going on. I might have to do some explaining uh, in a bit. But uh, this is Owen from Cop on Podcast saying, well the heck done. Liverpool and Divock City, you can hammer teams. You can have, you can have a Lineker fawning all over you. All season, but we're still there. We're still there. And we're coming. We're coming for you at some point. You're going to crumble. Uh, Mark Baker talking about the Merseyside derby, which was Liverpool versus Everton at Anfield. So it was a tough, tough fixture for Liverpool. I felt they were very lucky to to get the win in the end, comical fashion, um, right on the 90-minute mark. But... In general, I felt a draw would have been a, f- a fairer reflection of the games. But ultimately, you could say that about a lot of games Liverpool have had in the Premier League this year. But because the platform that Liverpool have now, in terms of obviously the goalkeeper, uh, your centre-half in Van Dijk, the emergence of, of Joe Gomez, and the, the managerial organisation really, allows Liverpool to always have a foothold in the game and gives them an opportunity with one or two entries into the final phase, if they can take that opportunity, 
to to nick games, and they've done it on 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 occasions this season. And obviously, the points accumulation in the Premier League has got to be a massive source of of a great achievement for Liverpool because they couldn't have given themselves a, a much better platform going into the second half of the campaign, really. Um, but in general, again, the general performance was average, and I think I always have to worry that I'm a great believer in you, you keep playing average to bad, then you'll get average to bad results. So Liverpool have to improve the standard of performance to maintain the level of results they get, and I have absolutely no doubt about that. And this was another struggle, really. It was a grind. Um, I think first thing to to notice, I feel without the ball this season, I think Liverpool are having trouble in winning back possession as much as they have previously under Klopp. I think it's always been a massive strength of Jürgen Klopp since he's been at Liverpool is that although he hasn't had what you'd call a quarterback player, so a player who dictates the tempo of the game, speeds it up and slows it down, depending on the needs of the side, he's never really had that player. So you think about some of the great players, I mean, Xavi, uh, even at Liverpool, Xavi Alonso, for example, they were all players who could do that and dictate the, the flow. But although Liverpool haven't had that, what they've always had is, because of the managerial organisation without the ball, they've always had excellent positioning of their players in the opposition half and the cover and support to one another between the players has been that good that when Liverpool actually give the ball away they've always been so quick to recover so the distances between the players have meant that they could always get a stranglehold of the game and suffocate the opposition in their own half and I think that is shown really in Klopp's average possession stats at Liverpool but I feel there's been a drop-off this season in Liverpool's ability to gain that level of control. And I think it's very much to do with the the cover and support distances of the, the sides, which I feel the, the, the time to engage the ball and how they support one another, I think has definitely not been what it has been in the past. And I think this was another great example of it today. So I felt at times Everton were able to transfer the ball too easily, I felt that Liverpool couldn't apply enough pressure um, to the man in possession, and just the vast distance between some of the players allowed Everton to be able to play. And it's it's not the the first time that I've seen this from Liverpool this season. Now you might say to yourself, well, how does that happen? I mean, that's one of Klopp's massive strengths because even when Liverpool were, were conceding goals on a, on a regular occurrence at the start of Klopp's tenure. What was an incorrect version or account of what was going on was the Klopp was a poor defensive manager. It was actually the opposite. The the statistics in terms of since Van Dijk's come in, for example, or Alisson, they don't differ hugely in terms of shots faced, that kind of thing. But the, what it is with Liverpool is that because of the strength of Klopp in terms of how he sets up his side, and how defensively structured they are and with the organisation to apply pressure to the ball and the compact distance of the units. That's meant that that's that's why it was the case. So that's why that he's always had high statistics in that regard. But the only difference was that when early on in his reign, when teams got chances against Liverpool, that normally that for the percentage of 
shots Liverpool were facing on the goal, they'd actually go in. So when Liverpool were giving up chances, they were big chances normally through individual errors. Now, obviously, that's not happening um, now for Liverpool because they have simply had better individuals playing in the in the positions that that were were letting them down beforehand. But the actual defensive organisation has always been strong from Klopp. But I just feel that, as I say, the, 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 the timing of the movements of the players, because you, ultimately you can have as many athletic players and players who can get around the pitch as you like. And, and Klopp obviously acquires players with his, his purchases to try and fit that template of what he wants from his team. But you can have all them kind of players all you like. But if you haven't got the the correct cover and support for one another and the, the distance between the players, then it doesn't matter how energetic you are getting around the pitch, you're simply not going to be able to win the ball back. It needs to be um, done in units and, and done in groups of twos and threes who work together um, uh, to make sure that happens. So, definitely a problem again, I, I would say, and it's been a feature this season for Liverpool. I just feel it hasn't been as, as coordinated, if you like. Now, you might think to yourself, well, They've obviously changed system in some games. So again against Everton, they adopted the 4-2-3-1 system as opposed to the 4-3-3. And it is different if you're playing in a different system because the the angles in which each player is engaging with the ball are going to be different. So if you've got your midfield free sliding across, shuffling as a compact free, that's going to be different than if you've got, say, a, a 2 and a 1, what we've seen today with Firmino playing number 10 as a, as a point-down system. That's going to be different because Firmino's position causes the rest of the players around him to have to uh, visit the ball, as I say, at different angles so and different times. And it's definitely been an issue. But it, I also believe it's been an issue when they played the 4 3 3 system as well. So it's something that, that requires work. And I think if they can get it um, back to the coordinated structure it was last year, then that's only going to help because. Liverpool's biggest strength is when they're energetic, when the team's in in perfect tandem with one another and they can win that ball back high. And that's always been a massive part of how Liverpool have made excellent possession statistics. Now, that's without the ball, but also I feel that Liverpool with the ball are nowhere near, I mean, I'm stating the obvious, nowhere near as productive as some of the football we've seen last season. Now, I'm not going to bore about not having the personnel in terms of craft and creativity in the midfield because it's well documented and, and nothing's going to change on that front. Liverpool have the players that they have. They're not going to change. So I think a massive thing is that the front three players, however you dress it up, are simply not playing as well this season. Now, Salah, for example, is still very, very effective and his goal scoring and his goal scoring at crucial times this season has been... He's got Liverpool through a lot of games and he's that good a player, really. He's a world-class operator. But his level has, has dropped. Firmino, who I'm a massive fan of, I think has been nowhere near near the player who we've seen previously in Liverpool's shirt and looks devoid of confidence at the moment. And I would never have said that Firmino would be a player who you consider leaving out, but his performances such at the moment are, are making you consider that. Hopefully he can play through it. And Amani's been been good, so I wouldn't say he's he's been as good as he can be. So all them individual things obviously add up and the fact that when they are getting entries into the final third or it's gotta be the right choice of the last pass or the right um choice to take on a shooting option, Liverpool have made the wrong choices too often. But in the four two three one system, so that's an individual thing, obviously individuals aren't playing as well, but in the the 
the team operation, if you like, so the system-wise, tactically. He's changed to this 4 2 3 one for a lot of the fixtures of late. And we've talked about this before, but it means that the inclusion of Shaqiri to come in and play off the side means that you then have to move Firmino into, into your number 10 role and you'd have Salah as the highest player. Now, it makes perfect sense as to why he would, he would do that. I mean, he obviously feels that Say, for example, you've got Shaqiri. He obviously feels that he can't play as a number 10. He's not a... Um, he doesn't believe that his best position is receiving the ball in them areas, confronted by pressure from multiple angles. He obviously feels that he's better um, receiving the pressure from one side, off the side of the pitch, which Shaqiri's career in general would suggest that that's true. He's normally been positioned on the right-hand side. So then you think about, well... Can you then keep Firmino in his number nine position and put Salah as the ten? Well, no, because Salah is a player who plays on the shoulder of the last, the last man. Even when Salah was playing off the right-hand side, he was very often the highest player in Liverpool's side, such was his positioning. And if you're playing him as a ten around bodies, it just totally takes away from, from his game. He isn't a player who comes short to receive. He's a player who threatens space in behind. So that's the, the reason behind it. And then you think to yourself, well, Firmino is a... A very much withdrawn striker at times, so then you think that he would be best suited to playing that number 10 in and around bodies. But what's actually happened is Firmino, I've always felt since I've seen him in the position, was a number nine, so I don't see him playing in amongst bodies in there. What I actually see him best at, I actually see him best at receiving was back to goal, not even on the half turn. He's got great awareness and. And he sees a great picture in his head. He was back to goal, flicking balls around the corner, um, marrying up in tandem with Salah and Marnie. And the change of system and his changing of his geography on the pitch seems like it definitely affects his performance. I mean, you might think to yourself, well, is it that much different to your number nine position? But, but it is because his defensive and responsibility is a difference. And also, when he has the ball, obviously it's different. He's, he's, he's actually receiving the ball in a much lower position than he normally started. So it doesn't seem to be working in that regard. Now, this comes back to... Because I always believe that Klopp has obviously gone for Nabil Fakir. There's no doubt he made him a priority sign. And now, obviously, the deal fell through in terms of that. But what you would say is, you couldn't really have seen Fakir playing as one of them two number eights in the 4-3-3 system, if you like. Maybe he could have in, in games where you feel that you're going to have a lot of the ball and a, and a superior to the opposition. But you have to believe that He's seen him playing this number 10 role and maybe the change in system was always uh, uh, in the process, in the pipeline for, for Jürgen Klopp. And Fakir is a number 10, so he is a player who receives on the half turn, in amongst bodies. Number 10 is probably one of the hardest play, places to play in the game. I mean, it, it requires a, a very diverse skill set in terms of having the imagination, the brain, taking up the positions required to be able to connect midfield to attack. And he was obviously that player. Now, in acquiring Shakiri in the end instead, it has made the, the, the positioning of all the rest of the players affected because he doesn't see Shakiri playing in that congested area. He sees him playing off a side. And like I say, his history would suggest that that's the position he's right to, to pick him in. But it's affected the equilibrium of all the rest of the players around him. And I think it all comes back to the, the non-sign of Fakir, if you like. And there's no question, I mean, the, the rest of the midfield is, is metronomic, if you like, rather than has that ingenuity or craft. So they're the things I'll take from it and the issues that are affecting Liverpool at the moment in the game. But one thing 
you cannot question is Liverpool's points accumulation, which has been absolutely fantastic and it's given them a platform for the second half of the season. I've seen a couple of strange sporting sights today. I've watched a, a Lazarus-like rise from the canvas by Tyson Fury in a world heavyweight boxing fight. And I've seen Liverpool get a very strange victory here at Anfield. Uh, the game today, personally, I, I found it a bit dull. And I was thinking, why is that? Because there, are, there were chances. Uh, there was the exciting e- ending. But the reason was, I think, the lack of imagination that we showed. And I'm missing the attacking verve of last year. For the first 20 minutes, there were chances for both sides. Everton were playing it out from the back. Um, when I saw this, I immediately thought, with, when I saw Pickford, you know, he, he's trying to kick it around. To me, he's like he's trying to copy Alisson. But for me, he's a poor man's Alisson. I think Pickford gets a good press, partly because he plays for England. But all this puffing your chest out and all the rest of it, I just don't think he's that good. I think he's a... Decent goalkeeper, but he's not a top-notch goalkeeper. And I may sound like I'm being clever after the event, as he was the one who, whose mistake gave us the goal at the end. But uh, even at the beginning, it was irritating me. I just don't see what the fuss is about. Now, our goalkeeper in the 20th minute, uh, he did a lovely reflex save, like with cat-like reflexes from a close-range Everton header. And then the follow-up, Joe Gomez did a wonderful sliding tackle to get the ball off the line. Um, great stuff by them. Then maybe the next 10 minutes, the match was pretty even. Um, Shakiri had a shot saved by Pickford a few minutes later. And going in at half-time, some stats said that we'd had an equal number of shots on goal. But I think any neutral would have said Liverpool looked the better team. We have the better players. And if the match stayed open with shots and chances, then really we should win it. On the law of averages. Come the second half, Liverpool started more urgent, but then things started to get more stolid and dull again and unimaginative. Uh, Mane had a miss, 53rd minute, and about two-thirds of the match through, you're starting to think of who you're going to bring on from the subs bench to change the match in our favour. And probably most people would have agreed with Klopp in him bringing on Keita, uh, we probably all would have said maybe I don't know, Firmino because he, he had a bad match but no he went for Shakiri, who also didn't have a great match Mane had another miss but still still nil-nil so his next you, you, you can see Origi on the bench and you like, if you're like me you're probably thinking he's our best chance to, to bring someone on but Klopp goes for Sturridge for Salah I don't know how many people would agree with that obviously Klopp knows more than us but I mean how much has Sturridge really got got to offer. He's got a little bit, but not that much. Not when you see the pace and athleticism of the modern-day player. He really does, for all his skill, he really does look slow, even though he's still a young man. So, still we're not getting anywhere. So, eventually, Klopp, with about 10 minutes ago, brings on Origi. And um, Origi does get one burst of run down the right wing and gets good crossing. Uh, then the match has gone into... X has gone into... Um, the uh, time added on we're almost into the last kick and the ball's around the Everton penalty area and the ball comes out to Van Dijk who mishits a volley it loops up in the air and then it looks like it's going to land either just 
on the beyond the goal or on the crossbar or just under the crossbar. And Pickford's doing the right thing. He's going under, he's watching it. And our striker, Origi, does the right thing to run up to be near him in case somehow the ball comes out to him. Uh, and Pickford just made a mistake. Instead of tapping it behind for safety, or he, maybe he was unable to catch it, he did an odd thing where he sort of tapped it a little bit up in the air, then bounced back down on the crossbar and came off and came to Origi, who just put it in the net. Fantastic. Uh, what I would say, so as far as the league, that's great. We've kept up pace with Manchester City. You can't ask for more. Fantastic start in the league for Liverpool. My best friend, who's an Arsenal fan of over 40 years, he was saying to me when I asked him about how Arsenal are doing and how, you know, I was saying how good they were doing, the great starts of the season. He said, Pete, we're rubbish. He says the league's rubbish. And it made me think, because there's been all this hype about Manchester City, the super team, and then, of course, Liverpool staying close to them. But how can it be that City, Liverpool, Tottenham, Arsenal, even Chelsea, all having these record starts to the season? And then, you know, is it because the other teams are no longer so good? And then you look at when the English teams get into Europe, they're getting embarrassed at times. So I've got question marks about really how good this league is. But nevertheless, this is the league we want to win. And Liverpool have kept on the coattails of Manchester City with a great win today. And on we go. You've been listening to the Blood Red podcast from the Liverpool Echo.